morning. Can you hear me? Yeah? Okay. I have to spite the hills. Now we have some come on St. Peter ready. Uh, welcome. Uh, if you are here for the first time or if you're watching on YouTube, my name is Danny and by my accent you can see I'm from Glasgow. So we are today talking about joy. And we are in this series sharing with the church the letter of Philippians in the, in the New Testament. Now we are reading one Bible verse and share for the next few minutes with you. So Philippians chapter 4, I don't have slides today, uh, but if you have a Bible, uh, I'd love to read you Philippians chapter 4. As we're trying to find something somewhere between Revelation and Genesis, I'm sure you will find chapter 4, and we are going to read verse 4. For, for question. We don't need to answer that kind of, you know, preachers, that kind of question that we need to answer. But are you happy? Let me rephrase this. Are you a joyful person? Let me rephrase it, rephrase it. Because it's maybe we have some answers. Oh, I have my moments. Not always. Come on, sometimes. Yeah, it depends. If my football team is chanting or chanting on the or something like this. Let me rephrase. Everybody here in this hall, you know somebody. Well, if, 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 if you're married, you have a spouse, or if you're single, you have friends, or your parents, or people that are important for you in your, your, in your story. Can this person say that you are a joyful person? In your workplace? Or even this church? Can they say, oh, this guy is a cool guy? He's a joyful person, he's happy. What we understand as a happy person or joyful. So the verse that we are reading is Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Always? It's a lot, always. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are now here with the scriptures open. And we believe in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. And I know you are here. And you can speak with me, with us. We want to surrender our minds, attention, and our hearts to you now. And we rebuke all distraction for our minds in Jesus' name. Speak with us with power. Amen. I was reading some time ago. Uh, some articles from the book of a guy as a Polish philosopher. His name was, he passed away in 2007, and he was talking about that we are living in a liquid society. So what is this? The idea behind the liquid society book was, okay, so the previous generation, years ago, we had everything, um, how can I say, solid or stable, or our careers, so, uh, my father-in-law, he worked, I don't know, 400 years in the same company, he got retired, and that's it. Everything was stable, solid, high hierarchies, institutions, organizations, everything was really solid. Marriages, we have people for many, many years in the same marriage, 
and, and, and the numbers of divorces just increasing every day, and, and the highest number is among the, the youngest couples. So what's happening in the society? So this guy, he was teaching that we are now in a generation liquid, or is full of um, uncertainty, constant change, or fluidity. Everything's changed. So I have this paragraph, let me read with you. In a liquid society, traditional structures and institutions, such as stable careers, long-lasting relationships, and clear social hierarchies are replaced by more, by more flexible arrangements. People find themselves navigating a rapidly changing world with fewer fixed reference points. So everything's changing, actually changed already. For example, a new, uh, a new behavior in our society. Uh, consumerism and instant gratification. We didn't have this years ago. Uh, if you were, I don't know, if you don't tell your age, but in the 80s or 70s, remember when you were a teenager or, or a kid, if you share with your parents that, I have nothing to do. My dad? It's a problem. <laughs> Today we keep feeding our kids with um, stimulus or things. They can never be stopped. They need to be busy or watching something or looking for something all the time and searching for instant gratification. Pleasure all the time. Dopamine all the time, all the time. This is new in our society. Do you know something new? Your, your phone, your smartphone. Ten years ago, we kind of had phones, but it wasn't like it is today. And now we have a new disease that the medicine is trying to name it or to put a label. Some kind of different anxieties or fear of missing out. You know this? People are addicted and their phones, so the society today is liquid. And now we have all of this and we transport to the fine joy and happiness according with our society. So, we are in this trap. At least we have three types of joy. And you try to find yourself in this kind of happiness moment. Number one is a fragile joy. In a liquid society, joy may become a, a fleeting and fragile emotion due to the impermanence of relationships and experience. Example, oh, I've got some extra money, I'm happy. Or, uh, when you got promotion, at work, great. When you have good uh, marks at your GCSE, it's great. Or when you accomplish some dream or, or, I don't know, trip or a house or marriage, or I don't know, then you feel happy. But if some of those things goes wrong, So our joy is fragile, it's brittle. Second kind of joy in our modern society, consumerism. The pursuit of instant gratification and the acquisition of material possessions. I want to buy, to buy, buy, buy stuff. So this superficial and short-lived um, joy quickly is quickly replaced by new desires and aspirations. Once I buy uh, new shoes, 
two months later, or, or, or even the same month, our the next one, or if it's not shoes, it's a new phone, or it's a new TV, or it's a new trip on holidays, or we are buying because we feel some joy in that short moment that we have that new thing in our house, in our lives. But then, we, we are becoming addicted on this. So the philosophers, they say there is something they call tyranny, tyranny of happiness. I need to feel happy all the time, and I'm a slave of these drops of joy in my daily life. And there's another guy from South Korea. He wants a book, really nice book. And the name is The Burnout Society. Because it's terrible. Try, we keep trying to find joy. Moments of joy, moments of happiness. And it is tired. And then we have the tired society under this liquid society. Third kind of joy, performative joy. People are compelled to constantly present and market themselves. It's like self-branding, where people present themselves as happy and fulfilled. Look to your Instagram. <laughs> Look to, to the other's Instagram. That guy works the next desk near to you. His Instagram is awesome. That church, how oh, so big and famous. Or that girl, she's so beautiful. And this, you keep comparing. So first, fragile joy, consumerist joy, performative joy. This is our kind of joy, and I'm here this one to invite you for something more mature, deep. What the Bible and what the gospel is answering for this society was the invitation in this only this verse that the Bible is giving for me and you another level of joy, of meaning, of happiness. So Paul wrote this text: Rejoice always in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. Now, we are talking about this letter. Two weeks ago, we had an introduction of this letter. We had a map here showing the, the, the town was the gate for Europe, was the beginning of the gospel in Europe. If you want to understand this letter, you need to read Acts 16 later on, the backstage, the back scenes of that church. It's in Acts 16. It's amazing. And then, um, we have I think it was around the year 62, in the first century, Paul wrote this letter. And, and, and if you're not familiar with this, the New Testament is not in chronological, chronological order. So the, the first gospel, I have four gospels, the first one was Mark. But even before Mark, Paul was writing his letters already. And this is one of his letters. And, and then, uh, here in chapter 4, rejoice always in the Lord. Now. He did not write this from his five stars hotel. <laughs> the guy was in a prison. And from the prison in Rome, that you can visit, just in Alison Davis, I think it was last year, you have been there. Yeah. He wrote this for those guys in the past and for me and you today. How is it possible to feel joyful happiness Joy in the prison in the first century under the Roman Empire. 
Rejoice always in the Lord. Well, first, joy is not an option. And is not an emotion. And is not a feeling. Because feelings, they keep coming and going, man. And life's a roller coaster. You see, I'm, I'm speaking here this morning uh, with you. And two weeks ago, my father passed away. And, and well, if it, the whole timeline in 2019 was my mom, and 21, my sister, and now my father. And I have been talking, uh, this family, it looks like that generation is gone. And I'm sure if you open this mic, each one of you, you have said, painful memories about your past, divorce, grief, illness, uh, lack of meaning. If your joy depends on this, you'll be very, let me see, fragile, consumerist, or performative. So what this man from the first century, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is saying, hey guys, I'm in the prison and I'm about to die. Actually, he was uh, killed. But let me tell you something. The kingdom of God is not a matter of drinking or eating. Romans chapter 14, he wrote this. But it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. What he, 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 what he's saying, joy is not something that you can buy for it, or you pay for it, or, or, or you can eat it, or... It's another level. It's another thing. That's why he's saying rejoice in the Lord. There's a dress, there's a postcode, there's a source of your joy. And it's not here. It's not circumstances. So, this joy is beyond circumstances. Do you know what? I don't need God to be happy when everything's fine. I don't need church, I don't need faith. Any person, even an animal can feel happy when everything's perfect. When I have money in my bank account, my fridge is full, I have all the answers, I accomplish all my dreams, and then I think, God, oh, okay, that's why I do it. Even an atheist person can be happy when everything's fine. So this joy just comes and, and, and makes sense in my darkest moments, in the hour of suffering and pain, and when I'm alone in a prison, in my own cave, in my world, then I start to find a real joy. Now, I want to share with you three ends, three thieves of joy. What's the right pronunciation? Great. Yeah, we don't have to hate you, It's great. <laughs> thieves of joy. <clears throat> I'm sure I'm not the only one, all of those who doesn't speak, uh, doesn't have English as first language. Come on, guys, you struggle with the H. <laughs> it's the only sound in that. So, thieves of joy. And where are they in Philippians' letter? In every chapter of this letter, there is a thief of joy in Paul's life. You see, the Bible is like this. You, can, you cannot teach something only from one verse. You need to, to look around and see the context and the whole book and the whole Bible. And then, okay, let me just share with you some of them. Chapter 1, verse 12, still in Philippians, Paul said. Now, uh, chapter 1, verse 5. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. And what happened for you? I will have the whole list. 
happened with him. He, he was beaten, he was whipped, and his reputation was just destroyed. He had many enemies. His life was really tough. I have a long list of his suffering. And he is saying here that what uh, happened was served to advance the gospel. <clears throat> what happened? So because he was in the prison, all the churches, they felt more encouraged to preach, to move on, to do something. And because he was in that prison, we have this letter plus many others because he couldn't travel. So we've got Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philip, many amazing treasures that we keep reading today because of that chains, that jail, that prison, because of that circumstances. And because of that circumstances, by the end of Philippians chapter 4 that we're reading, in verse 22, the very end of the chapter, he said, he wrote there, hey guys, our brothers and sisters here in Rome, and the word he uses is uh, the Caesar's household. What he was saying, inside the palace, inside the kingdom, inside the, the, in the Rome uh, heart, where they were killing Christians, we have new Christians. We have a whole church here. Why? Because he was in the prison, and the soldiers that were coming to see him, or sometimes he was handcuffed with the soldier, and Paul, what he thought, okay, this guy, he cannot run away, I'm going to preach for him. And he was preaching for every single soldier and their whole army, and they became Christians. They came to Jesus, and now he has a church inside in the heart of the, the Roman Empire. That's why what he's saying is, what has happened has served to advance the gospel. Your story is not a runaway car. God is sovereign. God is leading you, even if you are in the most painful moment of your life. If you are facing some divorce, or, or grief, or sorrows, or, or depression, God is working. In all your struggles, God can use to advance the mission and the gospel. So our joy is not rooted in circumstances because they change. So the first thing of joy is circumstances of life. They steal our joy. <coughs> Second, chapter 2, verse 3, the same book of Philippians, Paul says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. The second thief of joy is people. First, circumstances of life, second, people. We suffer more for people than for things. Why am I talking about people? People. We read chapter 4, verse 4, right? Rejoice always in the world. Okay. If you read verse 1 and 2, Paul oh, is talking, and it's funny because he gave names and he talked about two ladies inside the church. It's a very difficult pronunciation. Eotia and Sintike, or Sintike, Sintike, something like this, the name. Okay, so these two ladies inside the church, they were fighting. They were splitting the church. There was a division inside the church. And Paul wrote in Philippians, chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, Come on guys, you need to reconcile. 
You need to think the same, you need to walk together. And this church is beautiful because outside this church was a church sending money for me, helping him, sponsoring him, and, and partly in his ministry. But inside they had divisions, they had problems. People. People let us down. We let you People maybe, and maybe now you're admiring your brain or have some names and faces of people that keep stealing your joy. Third thing. In the same chapter 4 that we are now, if we read later, in verse 6, Paul talks about anxiety. Anxiety is a big problem, it's a criminal. We have all this battlefield in our mind about anxiety is the third circumstance. And, and, and there is many other uh, enemies. You can name it. You can have, if you read with attention, Philippians, you see, for example, Paul talks about money. Money is a big thing. It's a great problem. Uh, we have many problems in families because of money, anxieties, people, circumstances of life. Now we will read again Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord. What he's saying, don't let circumstances, people, anxieties, or even money to steal your joy. They are the source of the foundation of your joy. Your feelings and your heart in our emotions. Jeremiah the prophet will say that our heart is so deceitful. Is a liar. I cannot trust in my emotions. They keep lying to me. The source of our joy is the Lord. So the invitation here is, come on, let's go to another level. You cannot live your life under your feelings all the time because, guess what? Bad things you keep having. And people keep disappointing you. You're letting you down. And sometimes maybe the future, oh, if now we're in a good moment, great, amen, thank God, we'll share the testimony, praise Jesus. But maybe at some point next year we'll struggle with money again, I don't know. If your joy and hope and faith is on those things, my friend, your life will be very sad. What Paul is saying, what the Bible is saying is rejoice in the Lord. He is the same yesterday, today, forever. He never changed. He is still Emmanuel, God with us. He is still the strong tower, our hope. He is still the door, the good shepherd. It's Jesus. And it's time for us to put our heart in the right place. Or to put Jesus in the right place in our heart. First one, in the throne of our hearts. In the first place of our dreams and everything that we want to achieve. And I will say it again, rejoice. I will pray with you now. And love to pray mainly for those who need joy. Who are in pain, those who feel lost, those who doesn't have the right faith all the time. You, you don't wake up in the morning feeling unchanging or champion your uh, faith and very strong. 
you still love Jesus, you still want to walk with God, sometimes you feel weak because maybe people or circumstances of life, and believe me, we are addicted in control of things. And we cannot control many things, the circumstances, with the control reaction of your of someone that we love, or the boss, or the control of things. And those things can hurt us. If this is your situation, you are in the right place. And you're not in the right place by accident. Someone was planning. You are in God's trap of love. Was his plan to bring you here? Or to put you, I don't know if you're watching on, on your phone or computer, on YouTube. You just listen to this today. Because the same Bible in Ephesians says that God chose you, predestined you in love to be holy and blameless. Welcome to God's trap. You want to heal your heart. You want to bring joy to you again. Maybe for some of us, He wants to reveal Jesus Christ. And maybe for some of us who are so familiar with church and for churches and Bible and all these things, but there's there's a thirsty thirst of, of God. you to pray now the most sincere, honest prayer you have made in your life for yourself. Let's stand. I invite you to close your eyes here. Finish in a few minutes of service. Close your eyes for a second. Jesus, our lives are so busy. <coughs> There's many things that keeps pulling and pushing our emotions to every different direction. Sometimes we are so busy and we are addicted on this because if we stop, we look to inside and we don't like what we see. Sometimes our mind have no peace. Sometimes we, we don't remember what, what is to be a joyful person. I know Lord Jesus, there's people here this this morning with a, with their hearts bleeding. And I ask for for the touch of your Holy Spirit now. And every person with like a joy, fulfillment, and, and meaning, and purpose. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus Christ for those who are lost today here. Even they are part of the church. Because you are a God of love. Praise God.